Hey everyone, you're listening to the Simp Investing Podcast where we discuss everything finance or business related. Simp stands for Simplified Integrity, Meaning and Prudence. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and give us a follow on Instagram at Simp Investing. So just a disclaimer before we like begin, the information and content put out does not constitute the financial advice and serve only for educational and entertainment purposes. Hi everybody, today we have on the podcast Felix. Felix is the founder, CEO, whatever you want to call it, of ADP List. ADP List is a global community of mentors and learners where people can find, book, and uh, meet mentors from around the world. So thanks Felix for your time. Uh, I guess the first question would be, I guess, who can you introduce yourself to the audience and um, how do you get to where you are today? Thanks so much for having me, guys. So my name is Felix. I am the co-founder and CEO here at ADP List. I'm currently based in Singapore. Um, a little bit about myself, I've been running ADP List for two years now and my main role at ADP List is running the product and community team. At ADP List, our mission is to elevate the world's access to opportunities through the power of community and mentorship. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, that is really important about, you know, mentorship that we realize is, you know, how accessible that it should be and how accessible that you know, uh, it wasn't before that, you know, uh, people had to pay or if not, you know, you have to know uh, who of who, right? And it's it's a very close, you know, knowledge has always been shared within a very close network of people. And what we really want to do is to, you know, break that barrier, allow someone that, you know, comes from an entirely different social economic background uh, and allow them to learn from someone, you know, who who has been there and done that before, uh, even though they might not, you know, um, you know, have the, the relevant networks. And, and, and you know, we, we, we fundamentally believe that people should have, you know, the access uh, to be successful and to get the right people to help them as well. So that's why we started ADP about uh, two years ago uh, where, uh, with James, right? Um, and previous, previously, before ADP list, I was a the first design lead at GoTrade, which is funded by one white Combinator and a couple of uh, VCs around the world. Uh, it's Think of it like the Robin Hood uh, in Southeast Asia, um, where we, you know, help people invest, uh, you know, allow people to invest in US stocks uh, through fractional shares. And before that, I started my first company when I was in Pauly, uh, sold that company uh, at the age of 20. Uh, and uh, that was my first sort of like tech startup experience, um, you know, and uh, flew to Jakarta, stayed there for about one year uh, as the head of product, uh, you know, learned a lot. I mean, as a 21 year, you kind of like, you know, uh, get to travel to a foreign land alone, um, you know, just to work there. Um, you know, it's very different experience. So uh, looking forward to share share what I've learned as well uh, uh, through my journey. But, you know, AD Please has just been, you know, super exciting, uh, you know, allowed me to, you know, uh, see the world a little bit differently as well uh, through this experience. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Felix, take us back to 2015, 2017, Ray Tribe, right? you're still in poly and stuff. So what are you doing? Because you said, uh, I see on LinkedIn, like you do engineering, right? So it's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's like a pure focus on uh, software development and stuff. Um, so I guess, how do you, you know, st get started with PackDead and uh, the first few companies? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when I was in poly, I, I, I would say that I'm a very studious uh, kid. You know, I, 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 I wanted to do everything uh, to be by to my best abilities, honestly, and 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 even to today, right, uh, sports and whatnot. And so I think, you know, when 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 we look back at, at this history, you know, um, you know, it was very sort of like uh, I would say my, my parents wouldn't have expected it. You know, I was a scholar in school. Um, I obviously, you know, was getting good grades, and I just didn't, you know, I I was just meant to be on the path to like let's say NUS or SMU kind of school, right? Um, but 
you know, I, I think at some point, uh, you know, in my year one, uh, you know, I, I think it was later in year one, uh, I, I actually listened to, to the Steve Jobs commencement speech in Stanford, uh, the, the, the very popular one. And one of the things that he said that really had a very profound impact on me was, you know, if today were the last year of your life, would you want to do what you're about to do? Um, and if the answer is no for, you know, many days in a row, you might want to like, you know, think a little bit harder uh, and reflect. And so at that point of time, when I was listening to that, I was actually in a classroom uh, working on math. Uh, and I, I was like, you know, I, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, and I don't want to be known for that. I mean, I love math. I love physics, you know, um, but I just don't want to be known for that. And so, but I always knew that I wanted to invent things. And so that was when I started my first idea. Um, uh, and then, you know, a um, couple of ideas as well. Some of them obviously uh, was, you know, was very good lessons learned. Um, and then I started Pack That, right? Uh, Pack That was a, a travel itinerary planner uh, based on algorithm, right? So it could help you to auto plan your entire uh, trip, you know, wherever you are. So, and, and, and wherever, and wherever that, 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 that you're going as well. So we, 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 we ran that for about two years, me and my brother, and then we finally uh, sold it away. Um, but, uh, you know, it was quite a good experience starting the whole thing, uh, getting to experience that as a very young uh, founder. I mean, not a lot of people would trust very, very young founders, especially here in Singapore, but uh, that really gave us an opportunity to, I think, learn through the hard lessons and also, you know, uh, everything else. Okay, so what exactly does uh, Peg that like? Um, what was the target customer and like? What is the value proposition? Yeah, for sure. So you know, one of the things that that we saw was that you know people wanted to go uh, travel overseas with their uh, friends, uh, grad trip, right? And 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 we realized that the collaboration part just wasn't that easy, right? So the collaboration part are things like, hey, you know, put in your idea, um, you know, in this Excel sheet, put your idea in this WhatsApp. There was just a lot of different forums. Uh, for planning to happen. And at the end of the planning, uh, towards the start of the trip, it will almost feel as though the research project is as long as your trip. And the research project is like a project in itself. It's like a school project. And we don't want that. We think that travel should be magical and easy, right? And so the itinerary planner, uh, you know, was meant to automate the entire system. It was meant to act as an uh, itinerary collaborator on cloud, Right, where you could easily go out and uh, you know go up go up to, to, to the internet, you know, uh, you know, and collaborate with your friends uh, in, in the easiest way possible, and we provide you with all the tools to do so, right? And so that was the the, the very simple idea of that. Yeah. Okay. So um, you have the idea. You're, you're building it already. Um, are you getting funding at this point, or is it more like okay, let's just whack and see whether we get traction? <laughs> well, we, 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 we try to get funding. I, I think okay. as, as with any, uh, uh, you know, like founders, uh, first-time founders, I would say, we try to get fundings first. Um, but then I quickly realized that that just wasn't, uh, you know, feasible. Yeah. Okay. So you said you were working with, with your brother, right? Is yeah. Correct? Yeah. Okay. And was he in SP at the same time? Yes, he was in SP at the same time. Uh, he was, he's, he's one year older. Yeah. Okay. So how did you guys first get uh, your first few users slash customers like, how, how does someone make money from? Is it through advertising model? Like how does that work out? Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's a, it's sort of like a, you, you know, you, you, you pay $5 and you get access uh, to the tool uh, for, for like, uh, I believe it was three months. Right. So um, um, basically it's more of a subscription. Um, it's like a subscription model where you basically just, you know, subscribe to a, to assess tool. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was the, the model that we went, 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 went for. Um, 
the first few customers were really just classmates and friends of friends. Yeah, uh, people within the poly network as well. Okay. So uh, to even sell a company, you know, someone needs to see traction, needs to see growth and stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I'm guessing user acquisition was your next focus after the product is being built. Um, tell me more about the experience. I think, you know, um, user acquisition uh, wasn't really that a big part of my learnings at ADP. It was much a big part, you know, when I was at other companies. But uh, I mean, like uh, when I was at, you know, sorry, uh, at, at Pegdet, yeah. Uh, it, at that our focus was mainly on product. Uh, even when we got acquired, you know, um, it was mainly the product that, that was that was really looked at. Like, I mean, even the traction was, uh, you know, it wasn't something that, that I think w was focused on because we we're still super early on. So uh, we had paying customers, but, you know, it just wasn't something that I think uh, the, at least the people who acquired us uh, uh, looked at. Yeah, so... So I think I didn't really, uh, you know, looked a lot into that. While I, at least while I was at at Peg uh, yeah, it was more towards pro, uh, product development. Okay, got it. So they they basically did buy you for your traction. They bought you for the product and the technology. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, one year, six months into working this thing, um, how do you even get an, an offer? Like, how do you even get interest about this thing? Or is Passport already just you know just trying to absorb everything in their Sphere in the Asian, like South yeah. Asian, just like yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, I think that there's a lot of like uh, uh things involved here, right? So the first thing is, you know, we we were going to NS at a point of time, and and uh, this company could either be run while we're in NS, uh, or you know, or whatnot. But obviously, we know that NS doesn't have that much, you know, uh, liberty for us to, you know, uh, for anyone to do things, right? And so, um, especially outside work. And so, um, we went to a few pitch competitions, right? And uh, just trying to raise some funds and whatnot, right? Um, and uh, and we, 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 you know, honestly, like just like thinking back right now, I think it's. Uh, I think it's those days that really made us like very different, very resilient founders. I remember like there was one speech competition where someone stood up and started yelling at my brother and whatnot. Um, okay. You know, and it's moments like that, you know, that 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 we don't talk about uh, in in you know through social media or public and whatnot. But um, it's because of those things that actually make us really unbreakable. Uh, you know, in, in in the face of a lot of things, and um, so. So we, we had to face the tough decisions, right? Uh, whether to go NS to just run this or whatnot. Uh, and somehow, somewhat, you know, when doing one of the pitch competition, uh, an, an Indonesian team came up to us and said, hey, you know, we're looking to do something like that as well. Uh, quite interesting. Why not, you know, uh, let's meet up in Jakarta, um, you know, and talk a little bit about this, right? And so, you know, exchange ideas and whatnot. So I met them up, you know, in Jakarta, um, you know, and that was my first time in Indonesia, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, things just went from there. Okay. So was the startup competition in Singapore? Yes, right? Yeah, the startup competition was in Singapore. Okay. okay. So you fly to Jakarta. Um, I guess what were the conversations? Because anytime you build a product, it's like, it's very dear to your heart, right? You put in a lot of effort into this and helping the customer at the same time. And so like, if you are selling some something to someone, uh, you probably want to let go to the, the correct person who knows that the same and aligned vision, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess what, what did the Passport founder or CEO or whatever, like, how did he communicate to you? How did, you know, he convince you to sell? I think the, like, uh, let's just put it this way. I was convincing him to buy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, 
you know, we have to be strategic, right? We are, we are going to the army. And so, uh, you know, I'm not someone who gets attached to very tangible things, especially companies, uh, you know, product and whatnot. Um, even if I, if I would own things 100%. Uh, and so, um, you know, and I told him, I, I said, look, if, 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 if you buy, uh, you know, if you buy us, um, it'll be good for you, right? And I will help you. I'll help you make sure that it's within, uh, you know, within this period before I go to NS, I will, I'll, I'll help you and make sure that it, it gets into your main product, right? Uh, which is why I was a head of product, right? Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, they weren't just getting a product. They, they, they were getting someone who, you know, was... They buy you, they buy Felix. Yeah, yeah right? They, they, were, they, they was willing to help them uh, uh, do that Figure as well. Yeah. Okay, got it. So are you... Uh, the, the CTO, like the technical uh, product person, plus also do a bit of development. And I guess what is your brother's responsibility? Yeah, well? my brother was mainly like the business guy. I wasn't the tech guy. So we had, uh, you know, we had a tech friend, right? And so um, I mainly run the entire product and design part, meaning like product management and, you know, roadmap and all those things. Uh, but, you know, the entire uh, tech was uh, built by a good friend of ours. Yeah. Okay, got it. So... After you sold the company, I guess what was like the biggest learnings that you have from that and that experience? Well, I think, you know, um, the biggest learning is to, you know, really, I think that there's a lot of different uh, learning, but I think the biggest learning is to, you know, never say never, right? Uh, never say never. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times we, we get, you know, people obviously like, you know, uh, when, when you're younger, uh, these things are risky, right? Uh, and so the thing that I've really learned uh, throughout the entire uh, course of thing was that, you know, if you want something, just go and uh, try it, right? Like, just go and try it. There's really no other way around it, right? If, you know, and, and, I, and I was actually, ha ha um, you know, having this conversation with a lot of, uh, with my good friend recently. Uh, and I was telling her, you know, look, you know, and I'll tell anyone as well, the same thing is that, you know, the biggest thing I've learned uh, through this is that, you know, if you want you know, you want result on the other end of your, you know, off the table, right? You want to be successful. You want to be this and that. But you got to, you got to also be accountable for the other type of results, right? Which is, you know, you're, you're going to learn some really hard lessons. Um, and if you're only there in there to be accountable for success, you know, you shouldn't be there in the first place. Right. And so like the, the, the biggest lesson that I've learned is that, you know, that extreme accountability for both sides of the coin uh, is super important for anyone. Um, that's why, you know, like, like if you look back at, at what I've done, even at GoTrade and whatnot, which is like, you know, uh, which is doing extremely well right now. And even at ADP list, like there's just this like pattern, um, like because I am relentlessly accountable for every action that I take. I know, okay, I'm willing to take the success and I'm also willing to take whatever that comes and I'm going to learn it and I'm going to move fast from it. And I think that's the most important thing that I've learned from, from tech that, I mean, because at a young age, you know, you, you get through a lot of things. So, yeah. Well, would you say by, by the time that you exited Passport uh, and going to Army, like from a technical perspective, you were very strong already, like your skill set wise, like yeah. non-managerial. Yeah, yeah. Um, technical skill sets wise, uh, from a product and design point of view, I was uh, incredibly strong at that point. Okay. Yeah. So you go to army, uh, obviously it sucks to a certain point. <laughs> I guess what were you doing there? Cause on LinkedIn it says self-exploration. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't even want to talk about it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so would you like to share anything? Like, were you just like coasting, basically, or like just exploring, I'm, just trying new stuff? Doing NS? Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, honestly, my NS days were, were, were less than fun, were very miserable, to be, to be exact with you. Uh, and I think very close friends know that that that, that I walk through the two years with very few friends and walk out of two years with very few friends. Um, uh, unlike you know what my dad would like to say that he's a lot of good friends there or anyone else. Um, I think I was at, always at a very isolated place in NS because I I believed in the system. I, I believe in the in the whole NS defense things, which is something that I deeply admire about Singapore. Um, but I think that there was just way too many uh, peers that were thinking, um, okay, I'm going to go, you know, to, you know, um, OCS or whatnot. And, uh, or like just basically simply like, okay, I'm just going to live in the moment. Right. Which, which is, which, which, which is fine by me. Right. Which is fine by me. Everyone has different way of, uh, you know, thinking about life. Um, but my mindset was my, my, the, my, my mentality at that point of time was, look, I'm only here for two years. Right. Um, and this is something that is just a phase of my life. I'm going to, you know, obviously learn what I can, but, you know, I'm going to focus on what happens beyond these two years, right? Because it's a very clear thing. It's not like you join a company, you don't know how long you're going to stay in a company. This thing is like a company that you are clear that you're here for two years. And so I was focusing outside of what's beyond two years. And I think that itself drew me a big distance away from a lot of, you know, uh, other comrades, right? Um, You know, because I was... On the weekends, I was just going home and I was just working on my own projects. Or if not, you know, I was freelancing. I started freelancing when I was in NS, right? So mm-hmm. uh, really took away of a lot of time on weekends. And even every single break, I remember in canteen or, or in NS-wise, I would take out my Mac or I would go back to my bank and use my Mac and start working on things. And I was never there uh, with people. I would wake up early in the morning, exercise myself. And I was really never there with, with, with anyone. So... Um, those are the things that, that people don't see. And obviously, eventually, those isolation, um, I think, uh, was something that, that I that I learned to live with, obviously, uh, you know, very comfortably. In fact, I love being alone. Um, but also, like, you know, it's just it was just a very good, good, good lesson sort of, like, learned uh, as well through the NS, um, where if you sort of, like, know what you want, you know, you you don't have to stay in the crowd, honestly. Like, as, un- as uncomfortable as that can get. I think that was a, that was really an uncomfortable experience, but like I was very comfortable towards the end. So I think that was a good uh, uh, two years. And, you know, the friends that, that came by were really, really good friends. It wasn't like just, uh, you know, normal kind of friends. It was really good friends after that. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Just side tangent, right? Because I know like, uh, like you said, you are actually a very bright student. Like you're actually that, that type of JC supposed to go <laughs> and you as that type, right? So in, in my mind, it's like, uh, even in NUS, for example, me and friends, like, we don't find the entrepreneurs. So it's, my question is like, is this a poly thing where like poly really cultivates that really? The entrepreneurship thing? Or is it more right. like you and the type of media and the consumption that you have? Like, like um, you know, yeah. The, yeah, I don't know whether that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually quite surprised that you say that you don't find it a lot in the US. Maybe it's just... just <laughs> Branson can... No, really, really. I, I don't see much. Maybe oh. a lot of like financial consultants. Oh, and stuff like okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, got it, got it. Because I, I, I see, I, I, I thought I, I would know about it, but okay, um, yeah. I mean, I've never been to uh, uni, right? Uh, I do have friends from JC. Yeah. Um. How do I put it? I mean, like, yeah, like I, 
could have been to JC if I want to, right? Uh, but I think that it's it's a more of an upbringing thing to be to be frank with you, right? Like, like my my, my dad, you know, runs a very small bakery in Aljunied. Uh, my my mom is helping him, um, but my mom used to be a teacher, right? So that's where I get the academics from. Um, so since young, I I have always followed more closely on my father's, uh, you know, uh, side of the bakery. Um, when I was younger, I would go and you know help him and support him uh, in, in in the bakery as well. Uh, I even have like blocks dated back to when I was like you know ten years, eleven years old, where I would block like every day I sell how, how many bread and all those. It's actually still like that now. Um, and so, so you know, just like looking back, it's pretty pretty nostalgic. Uh, it's pretty nostalgic. Um, and I would say that it's an upbringing thing where it's like you know, were you brought up to you know sort of like you know be you know going through the system, or were you brought up like Hey, after work or like after school or whatever, you just go be with your dad and sell bread. You know, uh, talk to customers and all those kind of things. Uh, I think it's very innately that because I mean, I I actually did this re- uh, retrospective right um, after my poly, um, after I sold my company, uh, during after my on on my graduation day itself. Actually, uh, I was a I was a valedictorian, and my my lecturer came up to me and say like, Hey, how do we create someone? Like you, oh, yeah. right? where, where <laughs> yeah. you, where you can sell a company and you know be a valedictorian as well, um, and I say like uh, you know, and, and I actually say I really uh, don't get your question honestly, but um, but you know, just like reflected that a little bit, I think it was the upbringing, uh, the the poly friends and all those. I mean, honestly, my friends were the most studious people that you can think of. Uh, one of them has like the perfect GPA one, so it's like a very studious group, right? And uh, and I'm the probably the only one that that decided to 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 not be like made a very conscious decision. So I think probably the upbringing of the mindset, which is which also got me really thinking about like parenthood and all those things. Like how do you want to raise your kids? Super important. So, uh, yeah. But but I would I would say it's the upbringing. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you move on to go trade. Uh, and I'm guessing you're working in it. Uh, towards the tail end of your army days as well, right? Um, I guess how did you? Get to know GoTrade. Like, why? Why did it recruit you? How do you even get that circle of the founders and stuff? Yeah. So GoTrade at that point of time graduated from Y Combinator. Um, you know they came back from the US. Um, and you know I met Rohit uh through his other co-founder, uh, which is no longer there right now. Um, so Rohit is the CEO of uh, GoTrade, and and they were at that point of time they were looking for a designer, right? Because they had a they had an app, but they just didn't know what was you know like you know, if they were doing the, the right things, they needed someone to basically take control of the design part and the product part of the app. Um, and somehow, I mean, Peter and I, uh, the, the ex-co-founder, were connected on, on on LinkedIn. And so he reached out and he said, hey, look, uh, do you want to, you know, uh, freelance for us? And at the point of time, I was still in NS, right? So he said, do you want to work for us? And I said, and I said, um, you know, let's discuss, right? Let's discuss the, about the opportunity because at that point of time, obviously in NS, I'm still weighing, you know what can I do, uh, or what 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 should I you know do right? Uh, but I was very clear. I was I wanted to work for someone who was smart. I wanted to work for a company who would benefit my personal growth, right? Like like, like my personal growth and career growth. So, um, I think then a few months later, I met up with Rohit, the CEO of GoTrade. Um, I mean the first meeting, he definitely sold me on the idea, uh, of 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 GoTrade, right? Uh, and then he said he said okay, why not we just come to a conclusion where you know, you just freelance for us right now. Mm. Uh, if things goes well, uh, at, at a point of time, I was left with like maybe six months in NS, right? So he said, 
you know, freelance for us right now, just be part of the team. Uh, it's a it's a trial for you as well. It's a trial for them. So he said, we'll pay you as a freelancer. But if everything goes well, uh, their intention is to hire me full time, right? Uh, after NS. Yeah. So the six months went really well. I mean, uh, so which is which is why I, I joined them full time. The six months went really well. Uh, and then I, I joined them as their first, uh, uh, you know, uh, design lead. Uh, at that point of time, the team was like six. Today's like probably... 50 people, 60 people team. Um, and so I, I got to, you know, learn directly from the founders who were very experienced people. Um, and that was actually what I was looking for. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So um, GoTrade is technically like you said, like Robin Hood, but yeah. for what? Indonesia, Philippines, is it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So did Rohit, like when he came to you, did he already have a full-fledged product with YC backing or was it like just ideation stage? And hey, can you build us the design? There was a, a, a uh, there was a very small MVP. There, there was an MVP. I say there was an MVP, um, and uh, it was they just came back from YC, so it was still quite early, right? So YC was three months, and they just came back from YC. Yeah. Okay, got it. So what what did you do at um, GoTrade exactly? Yeah, so I designed the entire app. The in fact, the experience that anyone who is experiencing on GoTrade right now probably as I said, ninety nine point nine percent would be. Everything, uh, all your designs, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, everything design, including the logo of Portrait, including the website, uh, the app, everything. So everything design, uh, I, I set a tonality for it, um, and um, um, because I was the only designer, right? So I did mm. everything uh, graphic mm. as well. Uh, I also, um, you know, ran the product roadmap as well. So basically, worked closely Rohit and identify, you know, which features, which product items should we be working on right now. You know, um, uh, what is the roadmap ahead? Uh, you know, and and all those things I was working very closely with Rohit, right? So I was co-owning with him. I mean, he was the obviously as a CEO, Visionary. like yeah, like he was the final uh, say, right? But um, I was just working closely with him, like you know how um, you know uh, Johnny Wu is Steve kind of thing at Apple, right? Uh, so like I was just crafting, hey, this is what I think we should be doing, uh, and all those things, and just get final approval. So b- basically, product stuff like product planning. Uh, roadmap strategy and all those things uh, to full-on design. Yeah. Okay. So what what is a, for example, like imagine present IR clients. So what yeah. would be a product roadmap? Like what, how does the stages of that go when you plan? Yeah. Um. So basically product uh, is very straightforward is that, you know, uh, you, I mean, it's not that straightforward because there's a lot of thinking, uh, but to put it in simple terms, you know, you basically is, uh, as a product person, you are working with your engineers. That's one. Basically you need to identify and tell them, say, hey, this is the specifications that, you know, we need from the product point of view. Um, but it's also about, you know, what can you improve on, right? What do you iterate? What do you iterate based on the business goals and the user's goals? Because these things changes from time to time, right? So you need to identify these needs um, and, you know, align them with the company goals as well. Um, and then, you know, craft out, okay, what is the next thing that we should be building for the company? Whether it be retention, whether it be, you know, monetization, uh, what is the main goal here that we're aiming for? Okay. And I'm guessing it's coming from customer pain point also what they want to build, right? So are you also directly talking to the customers? Obviously oh, yeah. engineers, yes, but... Yeah. All the time, all the time. Uh, I mean, any engineers uh, in the very early days that worked with me would tell you that uh, they would always often see me on the call with a user, like uh, with calling a user, which is why today at ADP, I advocate for my designer to talk to a user almost every other day. Um because I did that and I found out how effective it was. Uh, and so it's something that I will probably never compromise on myself. Yeah. Okay. 
how how do you convince users to get on call with you? Because it takes time out of their day. Yeah. So are you incentivizing them with like it's not a discount, right? Like what what is the I think there's 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 two ways to look at to how to get a users uh to to uh, to get on call with you. Uh, one is incentivization through financial means or obviously through any tangible methods, right? Uh, the other one is, you know, uh, you build a good enough community. I think people will say, okay, la, you know, I'll just help you with it, right? And so um, it's two things, right? So at GoTrade, you know, at that point of time, we were quite uh, early on. So, uh, you know, what we did was simply telling people, hey, uh, if you join, uh, we will give you $5 free in stock. I believe it's $10, mm-hmm. sorry, $10 okay. free in stock. Right, so we will credit it directly to your app, right? Uh, but what we want is just to you know, uh, uh, you know, talk to you for like thirty minutes, and that's all. And we'll give you ten dollars in stocks. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it seems like the great team, great boss, good job, right? Yeah. Have good connections there, and you learn a lot. Basically, like really, really interact with the customer and stuff. So, eleven months in, uh, why leave? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I think GoTrade is one of the best. Uh, I mean, at a point of time, you know, it was either go trade or a bigger tech company, uh, or I would go to uni, right? As yeah. my mom would probably want. Um, I mean, really, like uh, the eleven months was the best time that that I that I that I had in my life, uh, working with someone else, uh, or if not for someone else, right? Um, and uh, the the reason for that was because the founders were extremely extremely diligent and experienced and smart uh, in the things that they do, right? And and frankly, I don't meet a lot of people like that, uh, you know, as much as I have met a lot of folks. Uh, Rohit, I would tell you, is one of the best uh, growth person and thinkers that I've met uh, in Singapore. Uh, I, I say this in front of him and I say this behind of him. Uh, and it's the, it, it's, it, it is the true. I mean, if, if not for that, I would not have joined a company. Um, and so, learn a lot from him. And so I said, look, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to you know, go there and learn. So 11 months, obviously, there was a good experience directly working with him. Uh, why leave was because, uh, you know, we were at the height of the pandemic, right? So mm-hmm. um, things were happening and whatnot. Um, and my question to myself was, you know, I just wanted to help people, right, during the pandemic. I, 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 I legitimately told myself this. I said, look, pandemic is like the the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic was is, is the biggest problem that the, that the, that the world needs to solve right, solve right now, right, at this stage, right? Obviously, you have climate change and all those things, but pandemic is something that needs to be solved right now. Um, if I if I were to call myself a problem solver, uh, uh, a founder, entrepreneur, whatever you call it, a designer who is meant to, you know, change the world and solve the world's problem, I, I have to do something. I have to do something. I say, it doesn't matter what I do. I, I, I need to do something. I need yeah. to show people and show myself, most importantly, show myself that my skills can somehow save the world in some way. Um, and le- and legitimately, that was what I was thinking is that I really need to help the world. Um, and I need to at least, if not help Singapore yeah. in pandemic or whatnot. And so, you know, I thought a few ideas, uh, obviously like contact tracing and all those things. So it was very early on, right? Or like, or like mapping, like, okay, this is the hotspots of COVID. So if you want to go shopping, maybe don't go here. It's not a good idea to go there kind of thing. Um, thought about a lot of ideas. Uh, and my friend who was working at Facebook at the time, uh, you know, uh, was keen to help. But obviously, uh, things got busy as well on his side uh, at Facebook. And so, you know, uh, 
I had no engineers on hand to support me for all this like technology that I wanted to build. And and I was like, I'm not gonna wait for anyone. Right. And so then I realized that hey, people needed jobs, right? People needed some form of reassurance, um, some form of like, you know, mentorship in the sense to, you know, prepare themselves for what's gonna happen and what's gonna come. And so um I decided to set up a very simple Excel uh, spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet where, you know, uh, you could go up there, you could put your name on there and say, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Y- you can reach out to me. Um, because there's a lot of people, uh, you know, losing their, their jobs. Right. And so like you, they could put, put their names there, or if not, if you're not looking for jobs, you could, you know, say that, Hey, I'm, I, I, I want to mentor others, uh, during this time, uh, you know, or I just want to mentor people in general. So you can reach out to me and let me know how I can help you during this time as well. Uh, and so it was just a very simple idea. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just, I, I just put this Excel spreadsheet, uh, uh, Google spreadsheet out there and, you know, it, it took off, uh, it was called the amazing design people list, amazing, so design people list. amazing people design list, amazing design people list. So okay. that's why it became ADP list, right? Because it's the acronym of amazing design people. List. Uh, yeah. So that okay. was the first version of ADP list, uh, which was a very simple, ex- uh, Google spreadsheet. Um, so, so obviously that, that spreadsheet took off. Um, uh, mainly in the US at first um, and uh, you know I got busy and whatnot and then you know, I had a conversation with Rohit uh, and that was when I actually left GoTrader right uh, mm-hmm. but um, it was an opportunity that I wanted to pursue and I wanted I, and, and I said that look I wanted to you know have a very clear uh, you know I, I, I wanted to focus on it to at least help help more people and so um, you know I, I, I that was when I actually uh, you know went on to a new chapter yeah Okay, because you said like basically you feel like you very very strong urge to have the design skills that help a ton of people at scale basically right. But why why weren't you feeling that at GoTrade? Because GoTrade is technically democratizing finance for uh, people yeah. with limited access yeah. to credit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like why why didn't you feel that way? Or yeah, I I wanted to help people. Uh, that you know that was in the pandemic situation. Right, uh, and and obviously, like you know, when you have go trade and whatnot, uh, it was a it was a different way that that you were trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I would say elevate someone's life, right? Yeah. And so, um, it just didn't, you know, like it, it just wasn't something that I that I saw that you know was, um, I would say helping people, uh, in a sense of like it's a, not direct, uh. Yeah, it's not it's not direct. At least at least for uh, during the pandemic, yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, so how does um. You met, is it James? Yeah, James, your yeah, co-founder, yeah, right? Yeah, James. Um, how did that happen? He's in Ghana, right? Is it? Yeah, he's in Accra, Ghana. Yeah. Okay. So how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, so basically, you know, uh, when I put out the spreadsheet, I think uh, two weeks in, you know, James reached out to me and said, "Hey, look, um, you know, it it it, it seems like you know your, your spreadsheet is working well." He reached out to me on LinkedIn. Said, "You know, it seems like you know your spreadsheet is getting a lot of love from the world." Uh, he said he would like to help me build a website for it, right? And I say, and I honestly thought he was trying to sell me a freelance service. You know, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I really thought he was trying to sell me a freelance service. Um, and I said, the first question I asked him was, okay, thanks so much. You know, like, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, is it free, right? Is it free to, you know, get you to build a website like that? And, uh, and he said, yeah, it's completely free. He said he just want to help as well. Um, and so we get on a call, uh, I think over the weekend, then we started to, you know, build the first MVP on Webflow. Uh, James is a master of that. Um, and, um, 
that was actually how we met and that was actually how we you know decided on the first first uh, ADP release as well yeah it was still called amazing design people then, but that was uh, how we met yeah yeah your dot webflow dot io is still up la, so i see that yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> okay so how does the uh you, he, he builds a website for you and yeah. then what happens next i think we started to get uh more traction uh and then we started to say you know uh we need more help because a lot of our things were super manual back then. There was no automation or whatever. It was just really, really manual, like yeah. including things like uploading someone's profile picture and all those things. So super manual. I mean, you know, uh, we had to get help. <laughs> so um, we got some volunteers in, some friends who were willing to volunteer as well. Um, and, uh, it, you know, and internet friends started to volunteer themselves as well, like friends from Canada, friends from mm-hmm. You know, the US, they just started to volunteer themselves. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a community project. It was a community thing. Uh, and so that was when, you know, uh, things started really take off, right? Because the more people involved, you know, it seems like everyone cares about this problem. Everyone just wants it to be uh, successful. It wasn't Felix. Okay. It was it was everyone. It was everyone. Yeah. And so um, uh, that was when it became, you know, what I would say, a movement uh, uh, rather than a, a project or a company. Okay, so technically, the, the the people that you're hiring or the people you're working with is the best of uh, employer, best of partner because they are emotionally invested into the mission already, right? So it's yeah. not it's not hard to recruit, lah. Basically, right? It's not. It's but not. then up to a certain point, how do you uh, professionalize this thing such that because everybody's working remote, like you said as well, how do you actually bring this into a company? Yeah. So. I mean, like today, uh, ADPC is full, full remote and we have somehow managed to work full remote already. Um, I mean, the team trusts each other. A lot of them started to work on ADP list even as a free thing. So yeah. today, they are, they are paid, right? Full-timers. But um, if someone can work for free, you know, uh, you know, when, when you pay them and do it full-time, you know, it's, yeah, it's the best. It's, yeah, it's the best, right? It's a whole different thing. So I'm actually grateful because... You know the, the the whoever that was has been there with us for the start. Uh, most of them are still here with us today, right? And so uh, it's it's probably one of the things where we don't live for granted because I think they have the heart to do it. Uh, we are here to really you know um, you know do the right things for our community, right? So yeah, that's that's the thing that that, that I think we have been we have been very uh, thankful for. Yeah. Okay. For, for you guys to get traction at the start, right? Is it just people uh, posting in like Facebook groups, forums, LinkedIn, the social organic stuff, and then people uh, yeah. you know, just so, recommending? 100% organic. Uh, one thing that I love to share is that, you know, we spent zero, zero dollars on marketing, even until this very day. Um, not that I don't necessarily believe in it. I just don't believe in paid marketing until you somehow can calculate your... Okay your CAC, yeah, you can, no, not, not your CAC, you somehow can calculate your LTV yep. uh, as compared to your CAC and all those um, in which we're, 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 we're still not turning on our monetization engine fully yet, right? So, so we can't fully calculate that math out. Uh, and so I don't believe in spending without actually understanding the, the fundamental of the math. So, and then if you think about it, like fundraising is a very external macro factor. You are depending on someone else's mood that day, you're depending on so many things. Uh, I just don't, don't, don't trust that to be in my math. So I don't take that into account. Yeah. Okay. So it's also, uh, I see that you guys went to what? Sequoia search. I'm guessing that's some sort of, is it a hackathon or is it like a event something where you actually meet James in person? Is that correct? No. Uh, so Sequoia search is one of the most, uh, prestigious actually is the most prestigious, uh, 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 program startup program in all of 
Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have incubated a lot of amazing companies. Uh, each year, they take about 23 startups. Uh, and so Sequoia is one of the, by the way, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Sequoia, but Sequoia is one of the best, best VC firms, right? So this is a program run by them uh, in Asia, uh, mainly in Southeast Asia and, 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 and India, right? Um, so um, we, we, we were thankful to be part of the program. And, uh, uh, you know, that the program is just basically a program that helps startup uh, founders to, you know, understand a little bit more about, you know, what they're doing and, and as they try, you know, like uh, basically give you the fun, uh, allow you to learn the fundamentals, uh, empower you, you to learn. So uh, it's a very good good program that, that, that I went through uh, to, to, to learn certain skill sets and, and whatnot, yeah. Okay. And like, when is the first time you guys, uh, the remote team actually, like, have you all met physically in person? Or no, uh, not, 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 not me and James at least. Uh, some of okay. us have met in person, like for example, when I was in the US or when I was in, in Mexico or whatnot, we have met, but not, not all of us. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, Okay, so technically now, are you considered a marketplace? Because there are mentors who come and list, right? Or like they... I would say, yeah, I would say on the outside, it would seem like that. The the science and math and everything that people like to think would seem like that. Um, but think of ADPs as a social network rather than a marketplace. Uh, yes, there is a clear distinction between two users, uh, mentor and mentee, which yeah. uh, in any sense, let's say like Grab, there's drivers and, uh, you know, riders or whatever. Um but the clear distinction is that there is no relationship. Okay, here's the here's the main distinction that people don't actually see is that um, beyond the transaction, there is actually a relationship, meaning that it's never a one-off transaction, right? Like it's unlike Grab or Airbnb where you just stay with the person or you just write the person and that's it. There's a transaction involved. Uh, it's just a transaction involved. It's a one-time transaction. Uh, you never see the same uh, Grab driver again uh, or you never see the same. You never go to the Air, same Airbnb uh, uh, you know, again, or or at least like like you know, quite immediately. So that's that's the main difference. Uh, on ADPs, there's a relationship beyond that trans beyond that transaction of uh that 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 call, right? Um, the relationship is you know staying in touch, keeping with each other, you know the the progress as mentor and mentee, so and so forth. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's a relationship, uh, you know, network, right? It, it is a network by itself, and 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 it's not exactly a marketplace where people come and uh, exchange two things, yeah. Okay. And ADP stands for amazing design people, right? Yeah, amazing design people, yeah. So at the start, uh, I'm guessing they're all designers. Then I guess, when, when did you transition to, okay, let's just open up mentors in general and like, you know, let everybody just come in. Yeah. I mean, at some point we were getting a lot of requests like, like, hey, can I, can I uh, join if I'm a PM? Can I join if I'm a this and that? Uh, mm-hmm. And we just, we just wanted to be, more inclusive as well and also as a designer i was thinking to learn more about you know uh, design as well right i was thinking to learn more about you know like uh as in like not not design like pm as well because I, I i just you know hadn't like really learned that formally right so i felt like there was value in letting people come in and come through right and so um uh for for me it was like okay um let's open up at least to pm and that was when we actually uh, opened up to pm first and then after that, we had even more requests, right? Like from engineering mm-hmm. and whatnot. So that was when we said, okay, let's open up for strategically for a few parts of an organization that we feel like uh, interacts with design. So if you look at the categories today, it's like, you know, you have your marketing, your engineers, your PMs, your content writing, your data science. Uh, these are people who interact with design. And we want to make sure that 
anyone who interests with design uh, gets an opportunity to be a part of this network as well, whether it be a mentor or mentee. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so sorry, I'll be frank here. How, how does ADP list make money? <laughs> yeah. You don't take a percentage. For sure. Cut uh, no, on, no, no. Yeah. The, you know, you know, like I said, it's a social network, so it's free. It's free. Yeah. Right? You know, uh, we, we don't make money for now, uh, at least based on the transactions. I mean, we are making some form of money. I, I'm not going to share full, full details on that. But yeah. um, the way that we intend to, uh, you know, is really to help people uh, be discovered as talents through ADP list, right? Uh, one mm -hmm. thing that, that we saw was that is that there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of conversations happening on AEP list, right? Meaning that there's a lot of people who are constantly upskilling themselves, constantly becoming smarter uh, and, and learning as well. But there's also constantly talents being discovered throughout these conversations. Meaning that as a mentor today, you know, you would see someone and say like, wow, uh, this person is an amazing talent. I kind of wish that a company could, you know, hire them. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and if that person happens to be looking for a job, you can recommend him or her uh, to to a company. And if the company ends up hiring them, uh, the company pays ADP list and the mentor a, 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 a referral fee for that, right? So, so what we're doing is to keep the platform free by enabling opportunities to be a part of this entire, uh, you know, uh, uh, relationship, yeah. Okay, got it. Have you heard of uh, Peter Levels? No, not, not, yet, not yet. Okay, have you heard of Remote OK? Yeah, I heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so basically, technically, it's like a, a mentor site slash job board. And the companies pay you based on the back end and uh you can whether you can fulfill the talent based on their what they want to recruit something yeah. like that right yeah okay got it so if, I, if, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's like remote.okay I mean, i'm not sure how, how much transaction that they're, they're doing we are yeah. we're, we're, we're doing prob we're doing about uh twenty thousand bookings per month right now uh so so uh, probably the largest skill that uh, that i know in terms of mentorship right now um but i think that the, the 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 main difference I, I think here is basically what the focus area is, is at as well right i think a lot of people yeah. uh focus a lot on jobs but i think the biggest as for things for us right now continues to be learning part of things yeah okay so if, if i'm a mentee i did okay felix i know felix is a beast at product design mm -hmm. so i go type and say hey felix can i is it do they hop on a zoom call like how does that uh yeah not transaction how does that yeah super straightforward right so so you go to someone's profile you say okay this is a an, an amazing guy, um, you know, and uh, I can, you know, basically learn from him or whatnot. Um, so basically what you can do is to just go to the profile and uh, book book a time with them, right? Simply book a time with them, right? Uh, say that, hey, uh, this they are available, let's say, tonight or whatnot. Uh, and I can, you know, just book a time and, and have a chat with them. Yeah, so it's as simple as that. Like, even today, I just booked a call. Actually, right now, I just booked a call with uh, the head of product at, at Caro. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're actually meeting tonight as well on ADP list directly on ADP list. It's a it's a video platform, it, okay. uh, you know, inside. Yeah, so so it's 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 very simple and straightforward to just meet someone. Okay, got it. Preston, sorry, I thought so. So um, <laughs> so, so um, I have a question about the vetting process of mentors yeah. and amenities of our number of platforms. So correct, I would imagine like you want to keep the quality control of the platform and then not to like you know let bad actors in. Do you guys do any form of quality control and also like how do you identify bad actors that you know like pass through the vetting process but people don't, want to sell something like, like yeah yes. like end up being like not as genuine as a mentor. Mm, mm, that's a good 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 one. Um I think the you know like today we have very strict vetting criteria. So strict that people sometimes would take it to Twitter or LinkedIn and say, 
how come am I not approved? And whatnot. It's true. I mean, but, but, but we pride ourselves on that, you see. We pride ourselves mm. on that. We pride ourselves on the quality of mentors over the quantities, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of mentors uh, that we approve. I would say, given any point of ADP list, uh, 30, only 30% of people who, gets, uh, 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 who applies gets approved. Um, mm. And the reason for that is because we just want to make sure that the, the, the entire ecosystem of mentors are kept uh, in a very exclusive manner, but also in the sense that, you know, uh, are people who genuinely care about this and people who actually knows what they are talking about, right? So, yep. so basically the vetting criteria includes things like, you know, um, at least like four years of experience, three to four years of experience uh, in the industry, um, at least, you know, some form of, you know, teaching experience or mentoring experience in the past. So whether it be in your university, you were like a teaching assistant or whatnot, some form of that, right? Um, and then, whether or not you have set up your profile very uh, diligently, right? And that's a big factor. That's a big factor. It, it might sound weird, but it's a big factor because... The effort, right? Yeah, it's the effort. It's the effort, right? It's the effort that you put in while setting up your your, your items. You know, if you want to upload like a cartoon photo and whatnot, uh, definitely it's going to, you know, get you know get get, get rejected, right? Uh, or you want to put like a, a, like a very too simple of a bio kind of thing. So uh, we basically make sure that we look through all these minor details as well. Uh, and then also we look through their LinkedIn uh, as, a, as part of the manual process, yeah. So it's still manual. It's done by um, people in the team at the moment. Yeah, very manual. Uh, we, we we would rotate, right? Every, every now and then we go in and check it out, approve, reject, approve, decline. Some of them are like a no-brainer. You look at the title, you look at the experience, you look at their LinkedIn and then you're like, okay, I, I, I can approve this. Uh, so it's, it's pretty fast uh, to be honest, yeah. But do you think there's a way to like automate this entire process while maintaining the genuinity of the, like the the, yeah. the personalized element of judging, but 100%. still automating it? Is it is it possible? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's, it's 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 possible. The question then is: Is that something that you know you know with 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 limited resources, right? The question mm-hmm. then is: Is the automation important right now, or is something else more important for the engineers to be building, right? And so uh, so I think that you know. At least for now, like uh, you know, we, we, we don't have to worry about the the, the automation part. Like, I mean, we have more than enough. Uh, we have yep. more more mentors as well, so, so so that's good. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more about the mentorship pro- uh, process. Yeah. So do you guys have like um, for example, I come on as a mentor or a mentee, then mm-hmm. uh, perhaps ADP this provides um like a structured, um something like a game plan for the mentors and mentees to base it off to make the most out of the uh their sessions. Is there something like that, or you just let them? Just let them be. Mm. Yeah, so we do help to, you know, ensure that, hey, look, mm. you, answer, you answer a certain question, you send it to your mentor before you can book, right? It's not yep. like just randomly booking something and that's it, right? So we do kind of like, you know, ensure that, you know, you know what's going on. Uh, we give you, we send you some tips as well. Uh, mm. You know, make sure that, look, you have you have something that, that, that you can talk about, right? Just not just go in the call and be like, oh, mentor, this <laughs> is, I want a job or something like that, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we we do help educate people, but whatever happens in the call, uh, it's really up to the two of them, uh, mainly up to the mentee as well to pose the questions. Yeah. So there's a very good balance between like uh structure and letting them letting them um build things naturally. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. do the educational part, and then the rest we just uh you know trust on on, on them to 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 go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
so I'm not sure if this is too sensitive for a question, but as a business, right? Like I, I know like nowadays, um, tracking our metrics is very important to help like judge like the health of the system. Is there, are there any particular metrics that you guys track? Uh, for example, earlier you mentioned about like the, how diligent they are in signing up their, profile, their profiles, but are there any other metrics like for the business as a whole that you guys keep track on to make sure that yeah, uh, you guys are going on the right path or for example, this is an indication that maybe you need to change something or pivot. Yeah. You know, we, we use Amplitude to track our mm. uh, product uh, growth metrics and so shout out to Amplitude. Um, you know, we are, we're partners with them as well. Uh, so, it's a, you know, we, we, we track almost every other thing you can think about. Um, but the only thing that I say, you know, to the question, like what are the main key ones and we, that we focus on, um, I think it's the quality of each conversation. That's the first one, right? Because yeah. there is actually like a rating after each session. It's like, okay, how much would you rate this session? Something like that. Um, that's the first one that we really look at. The other one is, you know, um, like, uh, you know, how many sessions are being done, right? Uh, that's yeah. a very important one, right? Mm-hmm. Are people coming back and, and doing a second session and whatnot with their, with their mentor. So I think that's important to us. I think that's fundamentally important because, you know, we, we are able to, you know, understand like, hey, um, you know, is it providing them enough value as well, right? For them to come back like a second time. Uh, and obviously mentorship is not a frequent use case like daily or even monthly, right? You go to your mentor only when you have a problem or, or only say like, you know, you have something to ask. And that maybe happens every once every based on our stats is maybe once every like like 90 days or something like that, which is like once every quarter, right? So we, we kind of like track that like, hey, do people come back once every quarter kind of thing, uh, just as a high level kind of like metrics. Yeah, so, um, you know, these are things that, that I think are important to us. Um, but, you know, we, we at the end of the day, I think the user satisfaction is the most important, uh, which is like the quality is the most important thing to us because you don't want to scale a company with like, with like you know, when, when people are saying like, hey, I'm not, getting the best conversation or whatever, yeah. right? So ensure that you scale the right things and not just scale for the sake of scale. I think that's a very important lesson that I learned as well uh, at GoTrade and also at ADPs. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I know the company started off as like a, as, a, as an organization that wants to help people genuinely. But what you guys have, in my opinion, is have a, you guys have a large database of uh, info. So, you know, like probably if you're, something like Facebook, you will try to monetize it and, and, and invade some uh, privacy kind of stuff. But would you as a company ever consider like um, utilizing that data in some ways to maybe perhaps like uh, build up optionalities in terms of business model, expense elsewhere, uh, vertically or horizontally outside of like the, the main business of uh, mentorship and a social network? Yeah. I think, you know, as, 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 as I mentioned, uh, you know, to John is that, you know, the, the helping someone to be yeah. a talent on ADP list and get, get jobs through ADP list. I think that's the biggest part for ADP list, right? Um, the vision for ADP list is to elevate the world's access to opportunities uh, by democratizing mentorship, right? So, and when you look at that, you know, that, that, that vision, because the vision happens because not everyone has the same access to opportunities and opportunities is a big word. But opportunities in terms of two things, right? In terms of learning and in terms of like, you know, your career, right? Yeah. So so when you think about that, you know, uh, not everyone gets equal access, right? Someone from a privileged family would get, say, have their parents and say, okay, you know, easily I can get someone the next day if I want to, right? Uh, and I've seen that all the time, by the way. So it's, it's, it's a reality, right? So everyone starts from a, it doesn't matter how much system tries to give, people start from a different starting line. 
and that's fine. That's just how the system uh works. Um, I'm not fine with that, right? I I'm not gonna say okay. Uh, I'm gonna live with this. So, what we are trying to challenge here, in a sense, is you know basically putting the right network for everyone, so that doesn't matter what career path you want, you get access. And that comes in two two ways, right? Uh, then I'll, I'll go to your question. It comes in two ways. One is uh building a community as a learning enabler. That's one part of ADP list. And, and the second part of ADP list is building community as an opportunity enabler, right? Today, yeah. we have done the first part of a learning enabler uh, extremely well, which is mentorship around the world, right? And we continue to double down on that. The second thing, which is the opportunity and enabler, which is where we are going to right now, which is, you know, how can we now as learning enabler bring opportunities for them? right uh like career opportunities right job opportunities and this is one thing that we are actively working on uh and in which that will be monetized for sure right but at the same time that won't compromise the first bucket of the learning enabler it is just a correlation but it wouldn't uh, be monetized now would we ever use uh you know such uh data points or whatnot to expand to new different business model you know honestly at, at this point of time I, I i would say that you know there is no possibility of that right uh you know it's it's really something that you know, we try to ensure that, you know, we, we uphold ourselves to the biggest uh, standards. And even if there are, right, uh, let's just say like, even if we go to something like opportunities and we require some form of data to ensure that people get seen, right, as get, get discovered as talents and whatnot, those data points would help to elevate, I think, uh, 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 their profiles even more rather than, you know, uh, uh, to just, you know, say, okay, sell, uh, sell out this, this data or whatnot, right? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we use this data to understand, you know, uh, who are the best performers on ADP list, who do people think are the best performers, and then how do we actually shine spotlight on them? I think that's the most important thing, whether be it shining spotlight on a particular mentor or on a particular member that a lot of, a lot of mentors say that you should definitely hire this person. I think that's something that I, our data is extremely useful at, uh, which is headhunting and ensuring, you know, we see the right people, yeah. So uh, a little bit more about the culture of the company because it's completely yeah. remote, right? Like, yeah. Is there a culture you want to um, set in place? Like for example, or do you let it build up naturally based on like, you know, these people are all genuine and starting all wanted to came in to help? Uh, or is there a culture, a specific culture you wanted to build? Because it's remote and I think um, so far, right, most company cultures are built based on, you know, back to office. They got the environment, they got the like the pantry and stuff like that, that which helps to some uh, sense. But yeah. being completely remote, this, I, I think it's a, a, a lot harder to like you know get people uh they have, they have yeah. a culture uh, besides the remote the remote culture yeah, yeah. How, how do you cultures uh, approach are, that it's, it's it's a running joke that cultures are built in pantries um, <laughs> but i you know I, I i i think that look uh i think we have been very deliberate about our culture i think that's very important to us uh, mm -hmm. culture is one of the most important things uh, for my job right uh, am I doing a, the the most perfect job? Look, I don't think I am. Uh, I'm still learning and everyone is still learning. Um, I think the best, you know, the best way to build culture is to really embody what you say as culture, right? Culture is what you do when, what people do when you're not in a room, right? To be exact, yeah. right? So, so it's the biggest thing that I've learned, honestly. Uh, it's really what people do when you're not in a room, what they say as well, how they, how they behave and act, uh, carry themselves. Um, and so for us, you know, like, uh, culture, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we have been deliberate to build something aggressive, but also something that is very much, uh, you know, empathetic in many ways, uh, aggressive in the sense of, uh, you know, aggressive in a sense of 
execution. ADP is a very aggressive company, uh, you know, um, and uh, we want we want to keep it that way um, because we know that the more aggressive we get, uh, the more we can help our users. Right? Aggressive meaning we push things out as fast as possible. You know, we ensure the highest standards. We don't compromise things and whatnot. So these are big caught like being aggressive. Now on the other side of that, being empathetic is really about you know uh, how do we create a team that can trust each other, right? How do we create a team that can say, okay, you do this, I'm going to trust you on, on, on that, you know, just go with it. And so I think these are the two, I think, main things that, you know, I'm currently looking at, honestly, uh, which are, which I do believe is the most important part of any companies out there, which is, you know, uh, ensuring that people can trust each other, move, um, and then also move aggressively as well. Uh, that's, that's, that's one thing that, that, that I really uh, hope to create, yeah. Actually, uh, can I dive deeper into aggressive? Like, what, what, what do you define aggressiveness uh, in the context of uh, what you mentioned, just, just mentioned? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, aggressiveness is really about, you know, like, let's just say, for example, today you are going to launch a feature, right? You could either choose to be a company to launch it in like two weeks, in a typical two-week sprint, or you could say, okay, no, we're going to do it in one week, right? And we're going to come to a point where we can say one week is possible, right? And how do we do that, right? And so, so being aggressive is being relentless, being healthily impatient, right? Yeah. Being relentless with your ambitions as well, right? Like we're not just going to take on the United States market. We're not just going to take on the Singapore market. Singapore is our smallest market, by the way. But, you know, we're, we're not just going to take on this market. We're going to take on the entire world, mm. right? We're going to take on the entire world. We want the world to see this. We want the world to benefit from this. So we're not going to stop. We're, we're not going to stop. You know, we see something, we want it, we'll go get it. Um, doesn't matter who stands in the way, right? And we'll do whatever it takes, right? Um, and that kind of mentality is, you know, that kind of killer instinct, I would say, uh, is something that has been brought, I would say, by my side, right? Because I, I used to be a national athlete as well, uh, besides obviously my studies and all those things. I used to be a national athlete. So as a national athlete, you put on your game face, you know, you perform. Um, and you have to have that killer instinct, you know, to go there and win something. Uh, and go there and, you know, give your best shot. Um, and you cannot compromise on anything. And I think that's that's the level of excellence that you need in, in, in sports as with, I believe, with anything else in, in life. Uh, and so that's something that I that I bring to the company. Yeah. So, um, so, so initially you were very, very product-focused uh, and driven, but now as the company scaled, can you bring us through like a, a day in the life of what you do nowadays, like... Uh, what yeah. main, main things that you approach yeah i still i still from time to time uh you know go into product uh which i really enjoy right uh it's a it's a, it's a core skill of mine so I, I i do that uh almost every other week i'll have a sync with them as well uh to ensure that look things are well aligned um a day-to-day -day would really look like a lot of meetings uh with certain team members um obviously on their side it's not a lot of meetings but cumulatively me meeting you know most of them uh, you know, some of them would, would have most meetings on my side. But, you know, uh, I try to keep all meetings just on one day in, in a week. And then after that, I just, you know, uh, uh, you know, go and do my other works. My my other works are, you know, it, it really involved, like a day-to-day -day would involve, you know, um, 
really you know uh, reviewing the roadmap right of the product uh looking through our growth metrics looking through the key metrics uh doing a bigger picture you know retrospective as well uh, and then understanding uh how can we optimize certain part of the companies uh, whether it be it from a financial or whether it be it from an operational point of view or whether it be from a product point of view right where are things that we can you know constantly optimize as well um, and then obviously you know try to find ways to help to unblock my my team right which is hey look uh they need a particular resource. Can I get it for them or whatnot? They need to speak to someone who's expert in this field uh, and I'm going to find them that person. Uh, and so it's a lot of that, of that unblocking and, and planning as well. And I think it's, it's honestly like coming from product point of view, uh, it is such a different job. And it's, you know, I used to think that it's, it's an easy job when I, when I look at some CEO and be like, okay, it's uh, yeah. see that room and, plan and whatnot. Honestly, I think it's, I'll opinion picture and, and, and I'll tell you how hard this is. Um, you are trying to do thought experiment at every time of the day that you can. And thought experiment is something that is extremely mentally draining and tiring because you need to look at something and you have to be strategic with everything, right? So you need to look at something and say, let's just say, okay, we're going to monetization through talents. And you have to break down the talents into what are your assumptions? What are the truth in this? What are the assumptions by the industry? And what are the assumptions that you could be wrong, right? What is backing up your assumptions? And you have to break everything into the minor, minor pieces. It, this is called first principles, right? You have to break yeah. down to the minor, minor, minor pieces. And then you have to challenge those pieces and say, what are the assumptions that could be wrong here, right? And then go and find out. And then piece them together and say, okay, this will potentially work, right? The, this, will, the, this will potentially work part is a solution. But the entire process to get to the solution, the strategy... Right, the entire thing to get to the strategy of the solution is extremely tough because you have to have the right focus. You have to really break things down and constantly challenge yourself on, on things. And it's not an easy job, honestly. I, I thought it was. And I was it was it was it was really a very, very different experience. I mean I I'm doing that right now as well. Um it's just something that I would not expect would have been this. Uh, this challenge this this, yeah, this, yeah. this challenging there is a learning curve to be honest because humans tend to think and we all tend to think logically like the first thing come to mind logically we, we, we think we speak we write down whatever but when you want to be strategic it's not like that you have to look at a lot of things and you cannot based on logic you literally have to challenge even your logic itself and that's that's just a different ball game um, and I'm glad like my time my, my, my team gives me the headspace to, to do that especially my CEO who is way more experienced than anyone in the team. She understands that. And she's the one who actually challenges me to do this. I mean, I would not even have this mindset uh, of doing all these things like that. If not for her, she comes from BCG. She went to Tiger as an, 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 an investor there. Um, and, and she really have met the best people. And she said, if you want to be the best founder and CEO, you have to do this. He said, yeah. and, and there was this conversation, you know, that she told me, she said, look, you know, you have, I'm sure you have read, she asked me, I'm sure you have read biographies like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk and whatever, some of them, right? And I said, yeah, some of them. And she said, those people are performing on the, on the highest level and they are not going down to the ground on product like, hey, do this and do that or like, what are you doing and all this kind of thing. They are not doing that. Steve would never go to the engineering team and be like, okay, what is this? They think, yeah. on, they think on such a high level, they think on such a high strategic level yep. that puts the company in the best position. And when she told me that, when she told me that, I realized I wasn't doing my job, to be fair. Like, 
I wasn't doing my job at some point of time. And I said, I had to change. I started to read books. I started to watch videos. How do I do strategic planning? How do I do, how do I be more strategic? Um, and even today as well, I constantly practice that um, because it's such a thing where school don't teach or it's just not natural to a human being. And uh, that's something that I'm trying to get good at. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, I just have two more, two last um, question segments to touch upon. So when you mentioned Tiger, Tiger earlier, right? So it got, it got me thinking to fundraising and VC as a whole. So if, uh, not sure if it's too sensitive to ask, like when you, when you guys raise capital, uh, for, do you guys, what do you consider and what do you look out for with the VC? Because I'm, it's obviously it's like not just a one-sided like a transaction, right? You also want uh, something out from the VC. So is there anything that you looked at in particular and yeah? Yeah, of course. You know, I think um, we're partnered with Sequoia, you know, and I'll just maybe uh, start from there, right? Um, Peter from Sequoia is someone that I, that, that I work very closely with, um, you know, um, on almost a monthly, if not very regular basis. Um, he's the exact kind of, I think, uh, partner who I think uh, are people who I'm very grateful for, right? Obviously, like, you know, um, uh, there are so much more different types of patterns to that. But the common traits that I, that I, I really appreciate is someone that actually understands how and what the entrepreneur is doing and actually uh, understands the process of that, really understands the process of that. Some, some, some folks obviously come in and say, the first thing they do ask is, how do you make money? Uh, I need to make money for me right now and stuff like that. Um, and this, that, at least in this company, in ADP, is, uh, you know, my COO, my co-founder and I were very clear it's not the kind of people that we want to work with um, because we know that we will never compromise our users on the sake of making a dollar or a buck. Um, and I've been very clear about this in every single podcast or like public appearance that, that I've made uh, is that I will never want to do that. I would rather not fundraise from that, that VC or any of that VC if I had to compromise on the users. Um, I left my job for a very reason and I still remember that, that reason. And I know how it feels like to not have access. I would rather not fundraise than to fundraise by compromising on my personal values. Um, and this is something that Chris has taught me. At the end of the day, yeah. stick to your personal values. Um, because when everything else falls through the crack, people will look right through who you are. And this is who I am. And I need people to know that. And people deserve to know that. That there is a leader that is willing to fight for them. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter the money or whatnot. Um, and so I think that's the most important thing that I'm not willing to compromise in which investors who can understand and be patient uh, that we could come, that we will and coming up with a, a model that is going to be profitable, but at the same time, without compromising on the good sake of the users, then I think that's the best thing that we can go uh, with. Uh, the other thing that, you know, we look for in an investor, I think is someone who is willing to hustle for you and with you, right? Meaning that you need something, they're always there, you know, they, 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 they get shit done for you. I think that's the important thing. And finally, they don't pester you for a lot of things, right? Uh, you know, which is back to the understanding part, right? Being a founder is extremely busy. Uh, you know, you're swamped with a lot of questions and a lot of problem statements every every single day, even on weekends. So if the VC or whatnot just, just come and pester you every single day, uh, you know, you can't do your job because then you have to somewhat 
talk to them, you have to somewhat satisfy them and whatnot kind of thing. Uh, there's a pressure to that, lah, honestly, right? And so um, the best ones don't really do that. They just, you know, check in with you monthly or cup of coffee, understand how they can help you, stuff like that. And that's really about it. That's, those are the best people to work with. Yeah. So this is the last question I have about uh, yeah. keeping your employees, like, you know, um, aligned. So I know like some companies, right, um, they either they pay very well the start to attract people in or they provide like um you know things such as like stock option equity uh yeah. own, ownership do you guys do that at the start to like you know keep everyone motivated yeah we do both right we do both meaning that we pay decent uh and we also i wouldn't say like like facebook kind of rates but we pay decent um some of us obviously took a pay cut uh but we we, 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 we pay market rate plus we give on uh, stock options. Um, I think stock options seems to have a very different sense these days. That's what I get, right, from my conversations. Uh, it seems that people do value a little bit more of the cash side than stock options. I think people are a little bit more instant gratified, especially Gen Z or whatnot. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I can't make out of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that because I'm part of that generation. Um, but doing my own startups and like just being a part of like GoTrade and whatnot. I, I remember at GoTrade as well, they gave me, and this is something that I, le- that I learned from GoTrade, like they gave me three packages. They say, you want, you are conservative, you are moderate or you're aggressive, right? Conser- conservative is the one with most cash, but less stock option, right? Um, and, and aggressive is the one with lesser cash, less cash and more stock option, right? Uh, I went with the most aggressive one, right? Uh, at at GoTrade. Um, and I think that there is uh most people would have probably would have went with the moderate or the or the uh, or the conservative one um which is which is fine uh, but i think that there is actually value in taking uh, stock options considering that if you're already joining a startup there's a risk to it um you know at least you know if it's if the startup becomes successful i mean like you're already taking a chance on it so why not take the you know full chance on it as well right because if it goes successful you actually reap a lot of the benefit like I know of friends uh, and people from both Airbnb and also Figma who recently got acquired by uh, Adobe who became instant millionaire overnight um, because they trusted in the companies. And, uh, and that's something that you don't get in any of the corporate world, which is this exact, exact moment where they exit and you just have everything all at once for from the past years of like hard work and everything else uh, and that's that's obviously a very rare case if i'll be honest um but you know if you're taking a bet then then what at least look on the brighter side sorry okay so we're ending off here <laughs> uh, sorry Felix. Uh, okay so um besides slack and teams what are the top five software applications you normally use in your daily work? So you say Amplitude, Amplitude. just now, so I'm guessing. Yes, Amplitude, uh, yeah. Jira. Um, I use Superhuman for email. Oh my God, that, that is a lifesaver, guys. Uh, it's a lifesaver, Superhuman. It's not, a, it's not a promotion, it's really a lifesaver. Um, I use Figma <laughs> and Notion. Yeah, I think these are that. Okay, great. Who is the CEO, CEO that you're following or studying? Um, wow, it's a tough question. 
uh, right now, I would say I shifted my. Uh, it used to be it used to be like the bigger company like Apple. Uh, but right now, I'm 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 looking at like Figma. I think Figma has interesting. I've met Dylan a couple of times, which is the founder of Figma. Uh, but you know, very interesting way that they're building company. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And lastly, uh, how do people reach you? Yeah. Um, so I'm on, on Twitter and on uh, LinkedIn. So just Felix Lee Zach D. Uh, uh is my Chinese name, so Zach D. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, you you can find me on either Twitter or on uh LinkedIn. Yeah.